And we're broadcasting from St. Andrew's Church in Brainerd, Minnesota. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi, your host, along with your co-host, Father Daniel Weiske. And we've got, uh, oh, we've got, we added a third Daniel here. Uh, Our seminarian Daniel Hammer is with us. And we've got uh, newly ordained transitional Deacon Trevor with us as well. Hi, guys. Quaternity here. Yeah, a quaternity. Dynamic trio, duo plus... um me. Three Dans and a Trevor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'll be done with diaconate by next year. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> rotten son of a gun. <laughs> Where's your uh, car parked? I want to make sure your brake line is hooked up just right. <laughs> Wouldn't you know, he just brought his truck in to get the brakes oh, replaced. Oh, did he really? Yeah, yeah I know. Right I worked now. hard last night on in that. In the tires. So. <laughs> in the tires. So anyway. So we've got uh, a little time here to just yeah. kind of chat and... and um, um, life life in ministry is full of surprises, and uh, neither Daniel, Mr. Daniel... Uh, the most mister. Or maybe Deacon Dan. No, uh, our plan for this segment. No. Uh, yeah, no. it's uh, to randomly open the Bible to a passage and have you oh, give that an instant homily. <laughs> oh. I'm all set. Let's do it. We let's just let's go to Leviticus. We'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, yes. We just did this last night for our talks. We do. We do a little nightly streaming thing, nightly ramblings. We call it just for you know, parishioners or whoever, for some strange reason, wants to listen. Um I but, always uh, appreciate that, Father Daniel. Whenever I watch you guys, I really enjoy the snacks that you guys bring oh, on, whether you. it's thank spam you. or whether it's some type of dessert or yeah, something. It was baked beans right. yesterday. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that was two days ago. Yeah, it was a it was a dramatic opening days. of the baked bean can. Yeah, maybe yes. be- before we get into the uh, surprise attack. Um, <laughs> well, now we've given so much time. I know, but I just thought preparing. maybe we sh- we could hear you know the, these gentlemen oh, these introduce are? themselves a little bit oh, and tell us a little oh, about yeah. yourself. So we we well, talked with uh, Deacon Trevor last month. That's true, but not that you know anybody was listening because <laughs> he was just a deacon, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> we had Daniel before that, and we had Daniel. Yeah, okay. But uh, anyway, let's let's how how about uh, uh, most Mr. Daniel Hammer, would you just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely, yeah. Good morning, everyone. My name is Dan Hammer. I That's changed. I, I've been up in Virginia, Minnesota with Father Brandon Moravitz mm-hmm. at Holy Spirit Parish. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I've always been known as Daniel. Mm-hmm. But then Father Brandon started introducing me to people as Dan or Seminarian Dan. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so used to that now. Mm-hmm. Whenever I speak to anyone, I'm like, good morning, it's Seminarian Dan Hammer with you. Type of deal. I am. I just finished my second year over in Rome theology school. Um, came back to the Diocese of Duluth. Finished out the rest of the academic year, and then, like I said, I'm in northern Minnesota with Father Brandon Moravitz. And so that was my second year over in Rome. But that will be the end of my fifth year of seminary out of seven. So please, God, I'll be ordained a deacon next year, just a deacon supposedly, <laughs> and then the following year after that, mm-hmm. a priest. The real deal. The real deal. The real Apparently, deal. Yeah, according Apparently. to Father Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> but as you always said, there's something in the water here. Daniel's a parishioner of St. Andrews and Brainerd. Yes, yes. So there's something in the water in the Brainerd area. Deacon Trevor, who are you? <laughs> Besides a brother and friend and roommate. <laughs> yeah. He lives in the rectory here for the summer. Yeah, so I'm just a fill-in guy over here. When, the, when guests don't show up, I just kind of show up myself. Like <clears throat> I won't say his name, but his initials is Dan Johnson. Uh, <laughs> we were going to go four Dans deep here, and he bailed that out on us. This would have been overwhelming. Yeah. Oh, what a weak faith. Um, There's another Dan. <laughs> come on in. Another Dan. I'm getting, you know, people have to come here and... Help me out, because there's too many Dans now. But anyways, my name is Deacon Trevor Peterson. I actually live with uh, Father Daniel, and I go to St. Paul's Seminary, and unlike 
those in any other seminary that were able to go home for the to finish off school, I was actually entrapped in seminary. <laughs> That's a nice little uh, everybody time. was everybody was at home, you know, quote unquote studying and going to class where, you know, they're probably out on lakes ice fishing and whatnot. I was actually stuck with Scott Paternos and Jacob Toma uh, filling out my, I don't know, things. Of all the things that I've done wrong, I had to pay for it. So yeah. so you were stuck in the seminary <laughs> building, right? You guys at yeah. St. Paul were quarantined in the building. Quarantined right? in the building. But it, it was a grace because that's where our spiritual director was mm. and our fourth fa- fa- uh, formator, formator is. And and so that that's a blessing. So yeah. And things were kind of normal for us because we were all one big happy family. Uh, living in peace and love. That's funny. Deacon <laughs> Trevor, I've got to ask you. My dad growing up, he would always say that my family puts fun in dysfunctional. Yeah. Was that kind of what you experienced at sure. SPS this past semester? We, we actually, it took, I think, us a little bit just to get used to not getting to go anywhere. Like shopping, you know, you, your freedom kind of takes away, but you can kind of find freedom into that too. So, um, <clears throat> no, we I think we handled it pretty good, and we were actually very afraid to getting sick because when we're sick, then we're really quarantined, mm-hmm. and no one wanted to be um, <clears throat> the person that starts it. So, uh, but no, we did good, and we survived. We got through it. We grew in certain areas. Uh, God opened up some doors, and we're holier. Amen. <laughs> How about so, that? How about maybe, that? Maybe holier. <laughs> well, the passage I opened to for you. Uh oh. Well, get ready. Uh, well, get ready. Do you have a lot? Do you have? Di- I don't have dice here. We're in my own office. Why you know, I don't you? generally carry dice with me. I have St. Matthias Church. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. one of the parishes here, and he was chosen by lot, right? There were two men mm-hmm, right. who were candidates, and then they rolled a lot to see who would, and St. Matthias has chosen. So um, let's um, put a number on two sides of an object, and we're going to roll that to see who's going to preach on this. My oh. gambling days we, in the back alley is Can we listen to the passage now. first, Father Daniel? Uh, okay? No, 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 no. No. That would give you too much time. Oh, oh, man. So Isaiah 42. Here's what we do is we usually generally flip a deacon, <laughs> and if he lands on his head, you know, or lands on his keister, that's, that's generally how that works. Oh, yes. Here you go. You Isaiah 42. We'll put a D here. and a, Oh, and I was going to say if you put one and two, then I can choose whichever one I want after I roll it. <laughs> I'll do that. Okay, I'll whatever. No, D and T is good. One. Or D and D. D for Deacon, D for Dan. Oh, there you go. Well, we do all have right. a cup. No, that's so all right. We'll, we'll flip this. Isaiah 42. Is this going to even work? Yeah, it will. <laughs> it will. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one with whom I am pleased, upon whom I have put my spirit. He shall bring forth justice to the nations, not crying out, not shouting, not making his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he shall not break, and a smoldering wick he shall not quench. Until he establishes justice on the earth, the coastlands will wait for his teaching. Passage goes on, but I think that's a beautiful reading. How long are we going to have this passage? Can you repeat you that one minutes. more time? One more time. <laughs> Here is my servant whom I uphold. And of course this passage in this Bible is, is uh, given a caption, The Servant of the Lord. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one with whom I am pleased, on whom I have put my spirit. He shall bring forth justice to the nations, not crying out, not shouting, not making his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he shall not break, and a smoldering wick he shall not quench. Until he establishes justice on the earth, the coastlands will wait for his teaching.
And that's Keep from uh, Old Boy Oh, he didn't Bree. roll for the name. Old Here we go. Old T. There. One. Number one. That's Trevor. Deacon what? Trevor. Is it? It was going to be you know. no matter How what. How does that? Well, yeah. Most Mr. <laughs> Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> he has to get ready for this stuff for next year. Okay, so we're in Isaiah. Isaiah 42. Yeah. 42. The servant. Wow. And this one doesn't have like any commentary on it either, no. so it's even well, The servant of the Lord. You know, we think about yeah. Jesus as uh, uh, the servant of the Lord. This is a mm-hmm. prophecy, you think, of Jesus Christ yep. himself, um, who came... Uh, we heard, you know, about him being meek and humble of heart. Uh, yeah. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are burdened. And he says, come to me, for I'm meek and humble of heart. Yeah, so in Isaiah, you know, throughout the Old Testament, they're always waiting for this Messiah to come and, and to actually save the Israelites and destroy everybody else. Um, and so, you know, like Jeremiah, you, you know, the Israelites are pretty much like us who never, we always trust in the Lord, but then we don't, and then something happens, and then we trust in the Lord, then we don't, and then it kind it's kind of like a broken record. Well, of course, it's the same in the Old Testament. They're waiting and for this Messiah, and they, you know, God does some kind of big miracle, and then they're like, ooh, we praise him, and then they stop trusting in him, and then they start trusting in the Assyrians or uh, the Babylon, you know, Egypt or whatever. They just, hey, help us. And, like, these prophets are like, don't trust in them, trust in God. And they obviously don't, and then things don't go well for them. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> here's my servant, the servant of the Lord. So most prophets are, you know, in a in other ways, are talking about this Messiah coming, and it's Jesus, but they don't know that. And so, like I said in my one of my homilies, Jesus comes into Jerusalem in a, on a donkey. <laughs> I'll say donkey. Anyway, so donkeys are actually peaceful. You know, like in the Old Testament, these armies would come in with horse and chariot. And so, when I'm reading this, it's really, you know, like Jesus comes in quiet. He doesn't actually come in the way they're expecting where, you know, God's going to come down and start throwing everyone down except for the Israelites, save the Israelites and destroy every other nation. But it's not that way until the the second coming, of course, if you read in the Revelation. And so, you know, not crying out, not shouting. You just think of how Jesus walked into every place and peaceful, not like, other than flipping the table or two, but, um, but most of it he's, you know, talking... Uh, about repentance in a in a nice calm way, and not I don't know I guess that's so we didn't seem striking or backhanding people physically. Yeah, no, you know like how we would like to do it, but um, but he didn't come down. He came in, in the form of a a human person. He was born as a child, an innocent child that grown ups even like the wise men and whatnot. You know, came and bowed down to the and brought gifts to this little infant. So, yeah. Cool. So, how do you do? Fantastic. Fantastic. It was the Lord's providence. Gave us a passage and, you know, beautiful insight into it. And just, you know, the Lord, he's coming like the other Isaiah passage. (laughs) The word is sent. The word, of course, now we know being Jesus Christ. Um, And he will not return until he fulfills his purpose. Yeah. 
which is that salvation of, mm-hmm. of every soul is that he desires. I mean, that, that's the goal of salvation of souls. And um, he doesn't quench a wick just to quench it. He he speaks and acts in a way that's going to achieve his purpose. Yep. Yeah, and meekness is part of that. He's yep. angry when necessary, but he's never yep. angry in an unrighteous way. Yep. Meekness is having do do anger, not undo yep. anger. His yeah. thoughts are not our thoughts. Amen. We'll be right uh, back with uh, um, <clears throat> putting uh, uh, most Mr. Daniel Hammer under the uh, under the microscope for his for his uh, yeah and a new passage for him. Okay, very good. Yep. I'm I'm Deacon Dan Goshi, Father Daniel Weiske with us as well. Are your hosts for uh, Real Presence Live broadcasting from St. Andrew's Church in Brainerd, Minnesota. In Dan, this is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Are you excited about what Real Presence Radio is doing with media in the new evangelization and have experience or education in communications or media? Real Presence Radio is now accepting applications for the full-time position of Director of Programming. Be a part of this faith-filled effort to draw souls to Christ through radio and digital media. For a full job description or to apply, please email Brittany at realpresenceradio.com or call 877-795-0122. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hello, I'm Linda Baldwin with the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. We are now open, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturdays. We're located at 3709 South Grange, just west of Costco. We stock Catholic books, artwork, saint medals, rosaries, Bibles, parish supplies, plus Mystic Monk coffee and gifts for those special occasions like baptisms, First Communion, and Confirmation. I look forward to your visit to the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And we're broadcasting from the uh, St. Andrew's Church in, in Brainerd, Minnesota. I'm just Deacon Dan Goshi. We've got <laughs> Father Daniel Weiske, uh with us. We are your co-hosts for uh, Real Presence Live. Uh, Deacon Trevor uh, Peterson is with us, and also uh, Seminary and the Most Mister Daniel Hammer is with us uh, as well. And uh, he's under the under under the spotlight now. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Well, we'll just say Daniel. You know, I, I'm more interested right now. You know, we'll do this random passage preaching in a moment, <laughs> okay. but. What have you been doing in Virginia, Minnesota the last month? Oh, that is such a good question, Father Daniel. You know, even in our own diocese, places are so different from each other. That's the Iron Range. Yeah, beautiful it is place, the Iron Range. Beautiful place, but my mom was born in Virginia. But 
What do you What have you been doing there? What's life like? Life is, it's been a roller coaster ride, I would say. Each day is a little bit different. Father Brandon is uh, an incredible pastor, and I've been learning a lot from him. He's been doing a lot on Facebook Live. He's been doing a lot of, I mean, mass. We had a funeral a few days ago. We had a funeral, two funerals. We've got one tomorrow, or one Friday, one Saturday. Baptisms, confirmations. It's been a tremendous blessing for me. One, being able to come back to the Diocese of Duluth so early before the school year officially ended so then I could learn from a pastor and how he sees the needs of his sheep in a time of crisis and responds to the needs in a way that's rooted in hope, faith, and trust in Jesus. And so it's, it's been challenging for me. I mean, it's been a convicting in, in so far as is my heart united to Jesus' heart in such a way that I can respond to the needs in a way that Father Brandon is doing and modeling for me. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's kind of, I guess, a broad picture, but then particular situations like going to families' houses, getting to know parishioners, again, baptisms, confirmations, and it's been, I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunity. What are the needs, and you say, like, what's one of the main needs you've seen to respond to? Well, one of them, I would say, kind of broad level is just, as a pastor, people are going to be, regarding coronavirus, COVID-19, mask, no mask, all of that stuff, how do you navigate that as a pastor, knowing that you're always going to, regardless of the decision, there's going to be at least one or two people that are frustrated with what you decided to do. And so trying to, I mean, not be on either extreme, whatever that would be, I don't know, but try to navigate that in such a way to where you can, the people will will assent to what you say and say, Father, even if I disagreed with you, I will still support you after the decision has been made. You find that people do that occasionally up there? I think so. I mean, Father Brandon doesn't share everything with me. Like a good pastor, he he keeps things close to his chest in different ways. I mean, kind of like, I mean, if you're thinking about a family, though, like the, the dad and the family shouldn't share all of the concerns with the children. And so in a similar way, when I'm learning from Father Brandon, he shouldn't mm-hmm. share everything all, the, all of his concerns with mm-hmm. me type of deal. Right, right. So a lot of uh, good examples there and every priest. It's, it's interesting, you know, when you live with different priests uh, over the years as a seminarian or even as associate, see the different personalities at play and different gifts. The same call to recognize what are the needs of the flock here. Well, what's the <coughs> Lord calling me to do? Part of that is discerning what are the needs of the flock in light of you know, salvation and then how do I respond? And then um, if Father Brandon has certain beautiful gifts. Um, now, what have you noticed around here, D- DTP, Deacon Trevor Peterson, <laughs> about the needs of the flock? Trevorend? <laughs> Trevorend, yeah, that's true. Trevorend. I, I like that. <laughs> I coined I that a, one a few days ago. I get a new name every summer. People were calling him T-Rev, and then it's just, T-Rev. How just the Oh, that's great. <laughs> Anyways, um, and so I, I've really noticed... You hear about the lost sheep, you know, no shepherd, and I think that's what a lot of people, especially what's going on today with just um, government, uh, the riots, everything looks like it's just like the end of the world is coming, which technically it is not. Um, Just read Revelation and you'll know how the end of the world is going to be like. Um, And I think just we really just the effects of the f- like the breaking up of the family uh 
people are not really like we, I just said before break that people are not trusting God. People don't want God in their lives. And we see the effects of that. And we can't tell them that, but, um, well, we can, but are they going to listen is the other thing. But um, no, it is. Broken families uh, get to believe whatever, you know, that we want. Uh, yeah, I can do this or do that. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, I can, uh, whatever I put my thoughts to, I can be, which is totally false. Um so, like, oh, I can be a doctor, a heart surgeon. <clears throat> I don't think so. You know, I don't have the the capabilities <clears throat> to even th- learn that. And so I'm not going to put that into my head. Like, no, as long as I do it, as long as I can go through school, you know, thinking, lying to myself. And it's and then when you when reality hits, then we just break down. You know, like, well, I thought if I can do it, but no, it, there's a reality we have to live. So even just the broken families, like, you need that father. You know, I didn't, I had a father, but he didn't treat me that well. And now I'm on, like, medication because of how I was treated. Like, I didn't have that father figure that I wanted, that I needed when I grew up. And that affected me. Uh, And I'm going through it right now with counselors and, and whatnot. So, and... And pe- people just ignore that. And the way I lived my life before my conversion or coming back to the church, I didn't have God in my life. And now when, I, when he allowed and gave me the grace to, to, to know who he is, um, that's a life changer there. And, and it's his grace, of course. I talked about that in my homily today. And so... Um, no matter what we say or what we believe, it's the when we don't have when a child doesn't get to have their father and mother, it will play an effect, and we'll see that. But we don't want to name it and claim it, and you know. And I get to say it because I I was I lived it, so people are probably mad at me, but whatever. Um, and when we don't have God in our lives, it's just we're not going to be living the way He wants us, and. God is going to, you know, he, I had to pay for whatever I did. Um, I have to go through stuff that I don't like, but that's, you know, God, you know, like a father, if I break some, like a window and expect my father not to punish me, you know, like, or pay for the price. And, and so that's, that's a loving father. And so God gives me these challenges and I have to face them, but that doesn't mean I want to get rid of him. You know, it's for the good, so. So kind of see the role of how important it is to take on the role God has given us, entrusted yep. to us, as whether it's clergy or whether it's a father mm-hmm. or a mother or whoever you are in someone's life. Because when we fail to take up God's call, it has a long-term yep. impact. Oh, for sure. You know, like you're sharing about. Um, whereas on the other hand, if, you know, there's an example, like this, we'll say this radiant light of, you know, a father figure who's really, okay, he's yeah. seen the needs of the flock and he's really pouring himself out mm-hmm. and it's inspired someone else to try to follow that path yep. and live it out. Or like Father Matt uh, in the last half hour talking about, um, he was kind of living without God, but he was sent to this camp, you know, mm-hmm. youth, youth camp in our diocese. And he saw these other guys living out the faith yep. and seminarians and priests and, and other kids too. And they go, oh, there's something attractive there. There's something, if they hadn't been living that, those priests, seminarians, the other 
people who, who were showing their faith. Yeah. He would have never seen that yeah. and never found the hope yeah. and now the vocation he's in uh, and the joy mm-hmm. that, that he shares. So how important that each of us takes up the call to to be a father, to be mm-hmm. a mother, to be a, a witness in whatever vocation God has given us. Yeah. And, um, you know, blessed, you know, here's my servant whom I've chosen, whom I uphold. You know, if we're in mm-hmm. Christ, he's going to also choose and uphold us in different ways to, to lead others to to that joy yeah. that he's prepared for us. But if we don't, we hear about the desolation. A lot of us know the desolation yeah. that, that we just, we, we wallow in when, when we don't have Christ. Yeah. yeah. It's not a good place to be. So. So you uh, really lucked out, uh, Daniel, because there's <laughs> yeah. very little time left for you. Oh, That's right. Played my cards oh, right. Yeah. yeah. How long till? Well, here you he's can got get... about a minute, Ooh. two minutes. Okay. Well, two here minutes. you go. Oh, I love this. Wait, where is this one? Is it, <clears throat> by the uh, time he finds it, it'll Isaiah be a minute and a half. Yeah, that's right. Yes, but now <laughs> thus is the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and formed you, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Where's the one though? It says, "O worm, Jacob." Uh, it's further down in the passage. You're going to have the well, shortest homily. This can be great. Say one or two sentences. It'll be totally fine. Yeah, go <laughs> right. for it. Go for it. With go that one, it. read it one more time, Father, oh, would you? But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and formed you, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. Mm-hmm. I have called you by name. You are mine. It is a beautiful passage. And it really highlights the fact that God is the one to first call us to himself. God is the one that forms a nation to follow him. And we as his people are responding to him. So a lot of, I mean, a lot of us could say, oh, I don't know how to pray or I don't know what I should do. But just that fundamental realization that God is the one that has called us first. In baptism, he's given us all the graces needed to be able to live a life of holiness. And then confirmed in confirmation and then sustained in the Eucharist. And so all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all seven of those, we've received in baptism. And so the Lord desires to unlock those throughout our life as we continue on our earthly pilgrimage. And so, I mean, just wonderful example from Isaiah and how the Lord, again, has formed a nation and desired a people to follow him. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a nation kind of haphazardly, but it's each of us in particular he's called from eternity. Amen. Mm-hmm. And called together as brothers and sisters and called together to shine with the joy of following him. Well, well, very thank good. You for the joy of your presence, gentlemen. Yes, thanks and a lot. For taking up these random calls to create little reflections on mm. random readings that were chosen. Yes. And up next, we'll be bringing in uh, Dan O'Reilly and talking to him about his journey with uh, the within uh, diaconate formation. Another Dan. So stay with <laughs> us right here on Real Presence Live. <laughs> 